Welcome to the Vikings Now podcast. I'm Jim Rich, along with Ahmad Hicks and Pierre Nujum, and your Minnesota Vikings find themselves 0-2 after coming up short in Philadelphia. Gentlemen, it was another one-score game, but uh, Ahmad, it didn't feel like a one-score game. It never feels like a one-score game when you turn the ball over more than three times in a single game. I mean, my goodness, seven turnovers, and like Pierre said, eight quarters of football – Maybe they need to practice more during the preseason. Maybe they need to play more during training camp. Well, that's, it's funny because yeah. I want to bring that up to you, right? Mm-hmm. You played college football. You know what it takes to succeed at this level. Mm-hmm. And last year, the Vikings did nothing. Right. The starters didn't start in the media. And we were all going like, oh, my goodness, they got to do something. Mm-hmm. They got to get ready for the season. And they didn't. And they came out and they were flawless against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And now this season... It looks like they didn't do anything in training camp. A perfect storm last year. Christian Watson dropping footballs from Aaron Rodgers to Darius Smith getting sacks left and right. Sometimes you don't need all that preseason work when you just got that adrenaline going. But we also saw what happened in week two versus the Eagles when they didn't That's get that true. preseason work. So I think it's evident everybody needs to play in the preseason. You can't replicate game speed in practice, and it's biting the Vikings in the butt, especially when you don't practice tackling at practice or hitting, and then you get hit in the game. It's kind of hard to hold on to the ball when you haven't felt that in all almost nine months Pierre yeah I mean <laughs> you just uh, I know it's early for you but we're, we're yeah. trying to get you you know no I get I, that get that flowing I here think, I think the other thing that we have to think of as well is there's another team on the other side of the field that went through the same thing in the preseason you know I don't remember Jalen Hurts playing any of the preseason did he I, I may be wrong on that he didn't uh, play a lot you know but mm-hmm. um you know everybody handles preseason differently um I I, I would I would like to see starters in the preseason in some form get some reps. Uh, it used to be when back when we had four preseason games, you would see the starters in for one series in the first game. Then you would see them for maybe in a quarter in yeah. the second game, and then you would see them in the first half mm-hmm. for the third game, and then not at all for the fourth game. Yeah, that's the way it used to be. Um, I, I don't understand why we have suddenly abandoned the notion that starters need to play in the preseason. But again, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because, you know, at this point, who really cares? Uh, the, what, <laughs> two games into the season, is this, is this, it's not what I expected. I expected one and one probably after that. Nobody expected Minnesota to go into Philadelphia and win. Jim, like Jim said, it's, it's a game that felt like it was a lot worse than a one score game. The Eagles or the, the Vikings had to fight uphill all game long. The fumble at the end of the first half out of the end zone by Justin Jefferson was an absolute killer. Right. Uh, Ten-point swing because the Philadelphia And that's the second week in a row. That's the second second week week in a row. row. Just before halftime, the Vikings gave up points. They would have had the touchdown or at least a field goal if K.J. had hung on to it in week one against Tampa. How that would have affected the game, we don't know, but it probably could have affected it positively for the Vikings had they got six there and then again this time Jefferson stretching trying to get into the pylon lost the handle on it and it rolls out so it's a touchback and Philadelphia escapes unscathed well they go down and get three points after that Mm -hmm. that's the worst part about that you take seven off the board and you hand them three but that's the story of the Vikings in 2023 we can harp on this all we want I mean we can beat a dead horse but as head coach Kevin O'Connell said you can't win many football games when you're losing the turnover battle. Right. So they didn't even give themselves a chance to win this game because they had, was it three turnovers in the first half? Three uh, turnovers. Yes. Yes. Tampa, three turnovers last night against Philadelphia. And then one to open up the third quarter. So you talk about trying to establish some momentum and then boom, 
<laughs> momentum killer before you even get the momentum right. rolling. Yeah, and that and that was really that was the backbreaker. It really was a backbreaker. I know that they lay close to within 27-21 at one point, but um, when you have to fight uphill all game long after shooting yourself in the foot time and again, mm-hmm. you're just going to run out of gas. It's just going to happen. Kudos to the Vikings for you know fighting to to make it a one score game at that right. point. But um, you know it's at, at zero and two. There's 17 games now, not 16. So, that is correct. So, and, and last year, if memory serves me right, I believe Cincinnati started 0-2 last year made it all the way to the AFC Championship game last year. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen in Minnesota. I don't think they're as good of a team <laughs> as Cincinnati. I'm going to hold you to that. No, I don't. I'm not sure. I, mark this right now. Jim, mark this right now. I got to tell you, though, and I want to tell everybody right now, I even though it's only two games and, I, and there's a lot of football left to be played, I'm not writing this team off by any means. But after seeing this team after two games – I feel that I have grossly overestimated this team going into the season because mm. all the talk was about the Lions and, and the Lions being the new kid on, on the block in the NFC North and the favorite right. in the NFC North. And, not, and for good reason. I, I thought the Lions would be a playoff team as well. But I, I still had faith that the Vikings, especially offensively, would pick up right where they left off last year. That wasn't going to be the issue. Defensively, I knew that there was gonna, there's not as much talent in this team, but I thought Brian Flores would come in and tinker this defense in a way to where it, keep, it would keep you in games. That hasn't really been the issue. They, granted, they you know turn the ball over, you get short field. Yeah, but the defense can't get off the field, Pierre. Look yeah. at, look at well, the tonight, rushing stats. The, last night, yeah, the rushing was, stats yeah. were ridiculous. Philadelphia just said, well, you know what? Let's just burn clock. We'll just run on the ball. One of their touchdown drives, 13 out of 16 plays were running. <laughs> yes. Plays. Right. I have. I, I feel that I have. And that happened with Tampa, too. Yeah. In the second half, the Vikings couldn't get them off the field. They only had possession three times. I, I feel that I have grossly overestimated this team. I expected a lot more. Uh, but uh, it's hard for me to envision this team now being more than an eight-win team. Honestly, heading into the season, this is kind of what I expected because they didn't address their offensive line during the offseason. Right. Instead of going out and go getting the Dalton Rise. Or defensive line. Yeah, or defensive lineman because you know the yes, games, e- are, games, are, line. games are one of the trenches. Got any help. So I think it was all subtraction. You had one of the worst offensive lines last year. You re-sign your center in Garrett Bradbury. You give him $6 million a year over the next three years. You sign Josh Oliver to a $24 million contract, I think like $10 million guarantee. And then you go out and you go draft Jordan Addison. But it's like, hey, Kurt, you were sacked the second most times last year, but we're not going to do anything to protect you, but we want you to be better this year. I think that's what people are failing to realize. Yes, Pierre's right. We did overestimate this offense. We did say they were going to have to carry this football team, but everybody just – turned a blind eye to the fact that Quasey did nothing mm-hmm. to address the offensive line. And now you're expecting Kirk to go be Captain Kirk after you watch the Netflix series quarterback. But it's like, no, he's going to get hit just as much as he did last year until they decide to go spend some money on the offensive line. Games are won in the trenches. And if you have quarterback hits and quarterback pressures every other snap, right. you're not giving your offense a chance to win or run the ball. Everyone wants to talk about Alexander Madison. I get it. Eight carries, 28 yards, and a fumble today. But when you got three defensive of linemen in the backfield right. or somebody right there as soon They're as you're getting the ball, you. you can't do anything. So it's I'm frustrated because it's the offensive line. Quasi and them did nothing. They thought glitz and glam, we're gonna outscore people, we're gonna pass the ball, but hey. Kevin O'Connell's offense is play-action base. And if you can't run the ball, well, everybody's going to tee off on Kirk all right. year long. And they're going to have that problem until they address the offensive line, especially with Darisaw Hurt. Ali Udo is backup Hurt. Garrett Bradbury has only played, I think, 60% of his snaps in all of his career. I mean, Kirk's going to continue. Darisaw never took a snap against Philadelphia. He was active but yeah. never stepped onto the field. So 
they have to address this, right, Pierre? Wow. During this window here where you have some extra time, I could see them not grabbing somebody from Sunday to Thursday because they did not practice at all going into the Philadelphia game. They just did walkthroughs on Monday and Tuesday, flew out Wednesday. So if you had brought somebody in, they I wouldn't, wouldn't really it. have figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So I think they said, look, we're just going to have to get through this. And then we have a bigger break on the backside. So could you see him going out and trying to bring in Reasoner, who's actively campaigning to get here? His sword's really funny. Right? Yeah, I know. Uh, the shot of the departure flights yeah. at the airport and uh, not one to Minneapolis. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think it obviously depends on the price. Um, but at the same time, too. Yeah, but you can't like... throw away the season. you got to do yeah. something. Yeah, now. you have to. You have and to. I don't know where you go get the money. Well, I the, mean, I, that's, the, the that's other... Rob Brzezinski's department. But they've got to address this because the, yes, Cousins got do. blasted in that Philadelphia game, and still he put up astronomical numbers. He's going to lead the league in passing yardage, and he's going to be 0-2. Here's, here's, <laughs> my, here's my dilemma. If Risner's so good, why isn't he on an NFL roster? Oh, I know, now? I know. You know? And hey, then any warm back, body right yeah, now. Well, back if you're 300-plus right pounds, the, we'll the, take you. The only, the only way to get better right now on the interior of the, of the offensive line is via trade. And who and and how do you explore the trade market? You know, if some and I don't think anybody's going to be you know all that eager right now after two weeks to just start suddenly explore the trade market. And that it's possible that that could be the avenue that they want to go down. But I, I don't know what the answer is right now. What I do know is that they're all the talk we've talked all all along about. Well, the Vikings uh, don't seem really committed to Kirk Cousins. They don't really seem like they want to keep Kirk Cousins around beyond this year. Why would Kirk Cousins want the Vikings <laughs> after this year, and especially after the start of this season? He gets hit more, like Jim said, more than any quarterback in the NFL. Kirk Cousins still has some good years of football left in him, and if Kirk Cousins wanted, wants to prolong his career, I don't know why he would want to stay in Minnesota, given the 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 uh, the lack of attention that this front office has given to the offensive line so far. Why would Kirk Cousins want to stay here? Why? I can't argue that right Likes now. Likes the weather? No. <laughs> what? Absolutely not. Like, no. I, it's He's just, a Midwestern guy. Yeah, fine. That's fair. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, that's really going big picture. If you want to go down, does Cousins want to stay? Does Cousins want to go? Mm -hmm. He already offered them, reportedly, during the offseason. To take less. To take less, to stay. And they said, well, well, we'll take a look at that later. He's trying to get a new home here in Minnesota. He doesn't want to go anywhere. No, he, he wants to stay. He wants to finish here. I mean, and for a quarterback, you look at the – don't look at the offensive line, but you look at the other weapons around here, yeah, you do want to Absolutely. stay here. Because you got Absolutely. guys that could eat up footballs has, in a huge radius. Justin Jefferson's yeah. radius is like 12 feet. And now you have Hawkinson, and now Addison, Addison looks like yeah. he's going really blossom he's into something. And you still have the reliable K.J. Osborne. So for a quarterback, you're looking at that, you're like, yeah, I, I like that part of it. Yeah, man. Look, we're, I don't want to get into the whole Kirk Cousins debate on whether he's going to be no, here or not. We've got all season. Yeah, It'll come got, up we, 700 we times. All, all season about that. I yeah, can do you it. Know, but I'll take care of it. I, I just feel like right now, the most glaring need for this team, the interior lines. We talked about it last mm -hmm. week, both defensively and offensively. There was a several times where you just see Harrison Phillips getting smacked around like a rag doll, just literally laying on the ground. It's like you're the guy who's supposed to be eating up two tackles. You're supposed to be taking the guard and the, the center on, eating up two blocks and allowing your linebackers to run free. Instead, every time the linebackers are seeing a running back, it's a hole gaping in front of them, and they're like, oh, my God, I got to go make this tackle. <laughs> yes. So it's just like there's not any help right now. And then we all know. 
The secondary, my God, it's not good. Harrison Smith, blown coverage on the touchdown. Caleb Evans turned around right away like, where are you? I need your help right there. Byron Murphy taking the wrong angle. Byron Murphy taking the wrong angle. Then Josh Metellus getting hurt earlier in the game. And then the Eagles going right after his backup in Theo Jackson. Now, granted, he made up for that. But as we've said all along heading into the season, there is not enough firepower on that defense. So Brian Flores' hands are tied with what he can do. He can only put the players in the right position. They right. have to still go make a play. Right. And right now, Pierre will be able to tell you, they're not making many plays no. on defense. And especially when they do make the plays, the offense isn't helping them, just giving the ball right back when they do make a play. Yeah, it's it, to me, it's not complimentary football. We haven't seen complimentary football from this team in the first two games. Um, the moment we do see it, when 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 uh, Theo Jackson makes an interception mm-hmm. and then Alexander Madison goes and fumbles it on the very next play, mm-hmm. uh, that's fu- uh, that's a complimentary football in reverse, so to speak. So um, it, it, here, the, I'm I'm caught in the middle here, Jim and Ahmad. I'm okay. caught in the middle because they don't look good. The mm-hmm. the, the, the Ahmad hits says it perfectly. The trenches look terrible, and that's where the games are won and lost. However. Seven turnovers in eight quarters. You've only lost two games by a combined nine <laughs> oh, points. Right, right. That that if you if you don't turn the ball over or limit yourself to just one, it's a different story. They could be sitting two and zero. Oh. It's a completely different story. And and I've been hanging around PJ Fleck too long over the last couple of years, <laughs> and now I want to say the ball is the program. <laughs> and you know, and and it's it rings true. You give the football away. You're going to lessen your chance of winning games. It's that simple. You are so P.J. Fleckner. Nah, uh, no, no. He's Flecknerized. <laughs> he is. I've been hanging he around P.J. too long. Yeah. Clearly. But, but here's here's the thing. They don't look like a winning team no. right now. You don't see it on the plays. And I don't know. This is me not playing the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm an emotion guy. I think when teams play with emotion, you can get more out of less. Mm-hmm. And when you had Zadarius Smith here, he provided a fire to that defense. Mm-hmm. He would get in people's faces. He would lead that pregame. And before he got hurt, he followed up on the field. Right. And I think he's the one that invented the Kirko chains and mm-hmm. got him to take his shirt off and mm-hmm. pull the right. team he together. Did. He did. And I don't know if there's that person there on the defensive side of the ball There's not. that's going to grab somebody by the scruff of the neck and say, hey, I need you here. And again, I never played the game. You can tell me if that really helps or not. Absolutely. But I think, to me, it seems like when I see winning teams, it seems like there's a character, a swagger to mm-hmm. the defense. And I haven't seen that yet in the first two weeks. I just want to clarify. Whenever Jim says I played the game, I was a walk-on in college. I recorded I know, but, no stats. So when you guys go Google me and you hear me and you, and you want to pull yep. it up and you want to talk about me, be like, this guy didn't even play. Hey, I was still around the game, so I know the game. Farther Here's my thing, though. Yes. You, you do you do need a leader, both on offense and defense. And I think Kirk is that leader on offense. So is Justin Jefferson. They're going to corral the guys. They're going to say, hey, this is what we're going to do, especially in that huddle. Hey, it's time to, you know, Get tough out here. Do what you want to do. I wanted to say something else, but you can't say that on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, uh, defensively, no. I think the only guy who could be that guy is Harrison Smith, but he's not a vocal leader. No, he never he, has yeah, been. He's not going to come up. He's not going to be the rah-rah guy. You don't have that. Jordan Hicks can be that guy. I think he is that guy, but 
at this point, you need more than one person. Right. And you need everybody on the same page, but it goes back and to And even Daniel Hunter is a quiet he's a personality. Quiet guy. He's not going to say anything. I mean, he, he, last example, two games have been great. Last yeah. two games have been great for what he what is expected of him and the lack of help that he gets because he doesn't have anybody on the other side getting home or coming up the middle without Dalvin Tomlinson there. So you I know, think it goes back to what Pierre said. They're not complimenting each other. So it's like they go into the game, everybody's fired up, everybody wants to win, and then your offense goes three and out, or they don't do something, then your defense has to do this, and then, all right, when the offense doesn't do this and the defense does this, now it's, I'm not going to say a lot of finger porn, but it's like, hey, if y'all step it up, we'll do this. Or if you get off the field, we could do this a little bit better. So they're not complimenting each other. And then one one side makes a good play, the other side takes two steps back. So now when you get in the locker room, it's a little bit of finger pointing, like, yo, Get it together over there. Well, if y'all do this, then we could do this. And it's a little bit back and forth. I'm not saying that's what the Vikings are doing in the no, locker room No, right I don't now. think it's there yeah, yet. But, but I, it has but that it, potential. It can be if, if they don't get it all together and start clicking together. All right, the, the rushing. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> they... run on speed dial, somebody. I, I, I don't know how, one, the Vikings run the ball. That was ineffective. And how does the defense stop someone? Because Philadelphia... Like you said, that one drive was, what, 13 runs out of 16? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they just said, well, we're going to run the ball because they had the lead, and we're like, oh, let's burn some clock, and we'll just give it, keep the ball to Swift, and we'll go from there. In, in weeks ahead, Pierre, how do they fix either one of these? Well, it, it starts with figuring out what you're going to do along the interior of the offensive line that we keep coming back to. That's for starters. You know, it's hard to run the football when you don't get a push up front and – um, you know, no lanes are created up front, and, and that's hasn't really been the case for Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, I think, has done more damage in the pass game than he has in the run the first two games. Um, but you, you have to try to eat time off the clock, make chunk plays, keep your offense on the field. And the best way to do that is to establish some type of run. We talked about it with Pete Bursich on the postgame show last night. Uh, so much of what the Vikings want to do is is via play action. And Kirk Cousins is at his best at play action. Well, nobody's going to buy that you're going to have play action if you're rushing for 34 yards in the first game and 28 yards in the second game. Now, as far as stopping the run is concerned, I think Brian Flores has got to take a hard look at, uh, you know, nose tackle right now. It, again, a, a, another situation. Harrison Phillips is a good football player, in yes. my opinion. He, was he actually good. had 13 tackles. Yeah, he's, he's a very good. He's <laughs> this a, is ran into Last year, <laughs> last year, however, they're, they're not they're not playing in a 3-4 last year. Yeah. And, and Harrison Phillips was a really good defensive lineman for them in last year. Does, but, does, and he was a 3-4 guy coming he in was. here when he came from Buffalo because that's what they ran. He was. And, but but like like Ahmad said, is it enough? It's not enough. Absolutely it, like not. the double teams on him are not coming because you don't need them. So guys are like if you if you put a single hat on a single hat, that is just going to open up so many other avenues yep. for the offensive linemen and for yep. your running backs to get through fine lanes, give your quarterback time. Yep. Uh, it's just listen, Dino Hunter had three sacks on the night against Philadelphia. But outside of that, what are we hanging our hat on here defensively? What are we hanging our hat on? I don't know the answer to that question. Where's yet. Dalvin Tomlinson when you need him? Man. Yeah, yeah. They certainly miss his yeah. presence. Well, right and now. even Kendricks in the middle, yeah. right? He can stick his nose up there. Does Hicks give you that? Does Asamoah give you that? Does Pace give you that? Pace, we were told, is going to be this guy that just uh, torpedoes straight to the ball, knows exactly where it is, and knifes through there and, and, and makes these tackles for losses. I don't even know, you know, 
Noticed five, him five out so, there tonight. Five solo tackles last night. Three. Uh, Daniil Hunter marked down his three sacks, according to ESPN. Four through two games. Uh, yeah, four through two games. Uh, look, a lot of pressures on Ivan Pace Jr. and Brian Austin. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not picking on these sure. guys. But but it, but it has to be better. Like, if you're going to play in the National Football League, you're going to let a guy like Eric Hendricks go, who I've said time and time again, had over 100 tackles in every season, but his first season with the Vikings. If you're going to say, hey, you're older, you're slower, we're letting you go, you better be sure you're bringing somebody in that can fill that void. I'm not saying Ivan Pace hasn't done that, because I think in the last two games with combined tackles, I think he has over 15, 20 tackles in his first two. NFL games, so that's not bad. But no. as, as we've said before, these linebackers are having to make a lot of tackles because the defensive line is not doing anything outside of Daniel Hunter. Jim, I want to go back to something you had mentioned, and, and t- you wanted to see a fire and an, you know some kind of just some attitude out there, right? Uh, and yeah. we haven't really seen much of that through the first two games. And I don't fully believe that you have to be a verbal rah rah guy to fire a team up. For However, sure. When I, when I think about, you know, some of the great defenses that have come through this league, uh, Ray Lewis, Brian Dawkins, Terrell Suggs, Bart Scott, these guys who would, yeah, they would run their mouth a little bit, but you know what? They got something out of their teammates. And I'll never forget at the end, I believe it was a, a, a piece of video that I watched on Brian Dawkins at the end of the 2008 season where he just rallies around guys and he screams at them and he says, I need you to play with an intensity that they are unwilling to match. Mm. And I don't see that with this team. I don't like people want to say the team takes on the personality of the head coach. And I'm not knocking Kevin O'Connell here, but Kevin O'Connell, very mild mannered guy, very straight ahead kind of guy, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the Vikings got bullied in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. They kind of let Tampa do what they wanted in the second half. A very, very Minnesota-like passive-aggressive nature, if you will. So, uh, I... There's no way for the Vikings to assert their dominance unless they go out and go get somebody. And the only way to win in the National Football League is if you outscore people, you get lucky, or you assert your dominance. So I think moving forward, everyone's going to talk about this offense. They're going to be expected to do more and more and more each and every week, which is unfair to them because your defense has to help you out in some shape or form. But you talk about who's coming up in the next couple of weeks. You got Justin Herbert, top 10 quarterback coming to town. Austin Eckler, top five running back. Mike (laughs) Williams, Keenan Allen, top 15, top 25 receivers coming to town. They got a decent offensive line, so they're going to be in the shootouts. Their defense isn't that good. That's the one thing that will keep them in the game. So and they spent the, a lot of money on that defense, right. too. And it's still not good. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins and all the guys, Justin Jefferson, they're going to be expected to go out there, go get 400 total yards of offense, and put up a lot of points. But the defense is going to have to step up. I understand that Flores doesn't have a lot of talent. Somebody's going to have to just step up and be, say, you know what? I'm tired of people talking about us. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to turn things around. And as Pierre said, they don't have that guy right now. No. All right, that will do it for us. Thanks for checking, uh, Pierre and Ahmad. Where can we find this? For those that are maybe watching us on YouTube, there's other ways to find us. If you're listening to us on a podcast, there's other ways to actually see what we're talking about for if sure. you want to do it that way. So lay it on the table, Ahmad. Pierre, you, uh, as Pierre said last week, find us on YouTube.com. Uh, go to Fox 9. You'll see this page up here, Fox 9, uh, Vikings Now Podcast. Or you can go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, comment. See, let us know what we can do better. All that you know? stuff. So just let us know, and we'll keep dishing out the content. And Pierre loves criticism. 
Oh no, the please uh, criticize me all you want. I'm not. I, I don't care what you have to say at all. <laughs> I don't. But I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. But yeah, I mean, we'll see if the Vikings can turn things around in week three. All right, Vikings fall 34-28 to the Eagles. They are 0 and two, but the season is not lost. Stay with the Vikings and stay with us here at Fox Nine.